Welcome back to the Trusted Visions podcast. Stacy. hope you had a great week. We're going to continue this path this month of talking about trends that we're seeing in the industry, but more importantly, you know, the red flags as well. Um, you know, even though it's a trend, doesn't mean that there aren't things you need to look out for. And I don't know why, Stacy, but you keep making me be the negative guy and do the red flags, but mm-hmm. that's all right. I'll take it. That's fine. But one trend we've seen over the last few years that's really gaining more traction is when we first started the industry, Stacy, nobody really wanted to join an existing OSJ. They're like, no, they're going to own my book. They're going to own my clients. No way. That has drastically shifted. Similarly, what we talked about, about the consolidation and the transition money, that's drastically shifted over the last few years, where now it's becoming more of a trend that advisors do want to be part of an OSJ. So if you can start uh, talking about the trends and kind of the reasons why, I'll cover the red flag side of it. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Yes, I remember my early days in recruiting um, in my prior firm, and uh, everyone wanted to join just direct, right? Just a one-on-one relationship or just their office. And through the years, we have absolutely seen that change. Uh, We have seen the benefits that a good OSJ or enterprise group can bring to the table. And today, I think those benefits that started maybe 15 years ago that we started to see um, have turned into some huge benefits um, and just they're they're just um, exemplified with a few offices, right, that we've seen it do a really, really good job of it. And so, first of all, if you have considered making a change and you're looking at maybe a past experience that was negative with a group, please take a fresh look at it. Don't color um, groups, enterprise groups, OSJ groups at independent broker dealers with the same lens um, and experience that you might have had coming out of an insurance broker dealer or more of a captive firm like that. Just it's not the same. I, I think you can really get your same independence coming out of that with group. So a lot of times um, you can get the feel of like a small broker dealer inside of a larger broker dealer. Uh, some of these enterprises and groups have specialized service groups from the back office and they are well known. You say this group's name everyone knows them inside of that broker dealer and they are aware. So sometimes you just get um, a higher connection point uh, just with the size of a group. And that can be really important than just being one advisor out of many um, in the firm. Now, as you look at that, the other trends I think that uh, you can benefit from being part of a a larger OSJ or enterprise group is um, pricing. Sometimes you can get some benefits on the group pricing from fee platform uh, fees for your advisor um, advisory business, as well as the payout side. So they are looking at that enterprise. Uh, maybe you've got 100 advisors, maybe you've got 300 advisors, but um, there's definitely some benefits that that group is playing um, that warrant the higher payouts or the lower fee-based BIPs um, for their advisors. So again, extra support, benefits on the pricing. And then of course, you've got that internal relationship at the broker dealer. And and I just caution you, if you had a bad experience in the past, please take another look because it's, they're not all like that. Groups are are a little different and it's set up much more independent these days. Agreed. Yeah, and Stacy, it's funny because I just got back last night from meeting with an OSJ and a, a couple sizable advisors that I mean they would have easily qualified to be direct. And they made up they brought up a good point of 
yeah, we understand we could go direct and there may be, you know, higher transition money or whatever that may be. But you've already paved the way with this broker dealer and formed relationships and figured out the mishaps over the last three years that we don't have to go start from scratch and do that. So it's worth being part of an enterprise and a team that has already navigated it and can keep us out of those pitfalls. So great points. Now, the red flag side of it, I, I think first and foremost, to Stacy's point, really understand what their the OSJ's value proposition is and what their infrastructure is. I mean, I, I think um, the mistake a lot of OSJs make is, hey, I'll provide you with a competitive payout and peer-to-peer networking. Well, what does that mean? How many advisors do you have? How many, where are the advisors located? Am I coming into the office? Do you do annual or semi-annual or quarterly events with your advisors? So really dig into that infrastructure and value prop, number one. Number two, make sure personalities mesh. I mean, getting a high payout is great, but is this OSJ going to try and treat you as an employee or dictate certain production requirements? Understand what their philosophy is and ask those questions of, do you have any minimum production requirements? Stacey, you're saying I'm going to be at a 92% payout today. What if my production drops by 30% because I had a life event? Where's my payout going to be? Make sure you ask those questions. I think one of the most important questions that you need to ask is, should you move to that broker-dealer and that OSJ and it doesn't work out? What is the broker-dealer's policy for releasing you from that OSJ to be direct or go to another OSJ? And what is the OSJ's policy? What I typically recommend to all of our clients is get a release letter from the OSJ and if needed from the broker-dealer before you even join. Not that you anticipate it's going to happen, but you want to make sure that should things not work out, a lot of broker-dealers will say, Stacy, I'm sorry it didn't work out with that OSJ, but your only option is to leave. Well, you don't want to leave, but you don't want to be part of that OSJ. I think another thing to understand is, is while your economics payout and pricing can be much better, understand how much that your transition money is being discounted. Because a lot of broker dealers are going to discount the transition money to some degree because that OSJ's payouts and pricing are substantially higher, so their margins are thinner. And that's understandable, but does the OSJ keep any portion of that transition money? Does the broker dealer discount it by 10% or do they discount it by 50% if you join one of those OSJs? I think that's where Stacy and I at Trusted Visions really come in the handy of understanding those things. I even know an OSJ that once his advisors leave, he tries to retain their clients, which, and this is on the independent side. And so understand those little nuances Make sure you, a lot of these OSJs, and we work with some great OSJs, Stacey, and I love them, and our partnership is phenomenal. But don't just talk to the advisors within their group that they give to you. Look on their website and find a couple of those advisors and just call them. Stacey, what's your, been your experience? Because just like broker-dealers, and I don't fault them, but just like broker-dealers, the OSJs are going to give you the quality advisors that are happy-go-lucky, that are going to say all the good things. And I mean, most OSJs are really good, but there are, as Stacy put it, I think a couple of weeks ago, there may be some skeletons in the closet that you got to uncover. So those are some red flags joining an OSJ. And I think to your point, Stacy, it is becoming a much, much bigger trend. And I think there's a reason for it where after COVID, people want to feel like they're part of something and can build something and bounce ideas off of one another and collaborate. And to your point, 
get that special treatment from that broker dealer because you are part of a larger enterprise. So audience, I hope that you appreciate and and found this useful um, about joining an OSJ. Should you want to talk about some of the OSJs out there and their value or just explore that option or even have any questions about this podcast, don't hesitate to contact us. Stacy, as always. Yeah, and I would just add one other thing. There's some great outsourcing capabilities with some of these OSJ and enterprises out there that can sometimes make that difference from a growth perspective. You might keep your pricing the same, but uh, some of the outsourcing capabilities of their size is is pretty sweet. So yes, contact information. Uh, Feel free to call me at 641-919-6722. My email is stacy.martin at trustedvisions.com. And for me, info at trustedvisions.com, where you can call or text me 480-430-5012. Stacey, I don't think John's going to complain about the background today because I am in a hotel. So uh, at least I appeased him for the week. Audience, I hope you have a great week.